Uh, well, this week I was talking to Peggy Alsdorf, and she said that as a child she would always skip to the end of the book to see if it had a happy ending. She didn't want to read a book with a disturbing ending. Well, our book for today has a very disturbing ending. The book is I Want One by Dennis Reeder. Begins this way. There once was a boy named Boris who had nearly everything he wanted. His mother and father gave him nearly everything he wanted because when Boris wanted something, he screamed very loudly until he got it. When the other kids in the neighborhood would get something, he would see it. And then Boris screamed very loudly, I want one. Until, of course, he got it. One day, a new boy moved in next door, and his parents were explorers. And they brought home many exotic animals, like a kangaroo, an anaconda, and most amazing of all, a yeti. And every time Boris would see what the neighbor boy had, he would scream, I want one, until his parents trekked off across the globe and got him one. But Boris soon grew bored with these animals, just like he grew bored with everything else that he had. When he saw the boy and the animals next door playing games and having all sorts of fun, well, he frowned. His face turned purple. Then he screamed very loudly, louder than ever before, I want to play a game. Smiling, the Yeti put his arms around Boris. The anaconda slithered under Boris's feet, and then, very gently, the Yeti picked Boris up and popped him into the anaconda's mouth. <laughs> Boris is very quiet, said his mother. I think that he finally must have gotten what he really wanted. Good, said Boris's father. Maybe now we'll get a little peace and quiet. Yowzers, that's not the kind of ending you expect in a children's book, is it? I think the author must have realized that because he kind of pulls his punches in the end. In the back cover, there's a picture of the snake spitting Boris out. <laughs> now, of course, this book is about being jealous about what other people have. The biblical word for that is covetousness. It's a big word. The 10th commandment is found in, in Exodus 27, verse 17, says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. But what caught my attention in this book is not that lesson, but it's what Boris's mother said after he was eaten. Boris is very quiet, said his mother. I think that he finally must have gotten what he really wanted. And so my question for you today is, what do you really want? 
Is it a kangaroo or an anaconda? Probably not. Is it something else that your neighbors have? Maybe. Or is it something better? What is your heart's desire? You may know that since uh, January, I've been in this program called Shemitah. And Shemitah is a whole bunch of stuff. I've had to take uh, a test and undergo counseling to discern my emotional intelligence. I've read books on leadership and been a part of small group discussions. I've gone on retreats, we've had Zoom meetings and field trips, all of it leading up to writing and presenting my, quote, leadership manifesto. That's a really crazy word. I don't know why they called it that. But one way you could describe that leadership manifesto is a paper on what I want for the next seven years. What do I want for the church? What do I want for myself? What do I want from myself? This paper is due on the 24th of this month and kind of feels like I'm back in school. So that means probably on the 23rd I'll be pulling an all-nighter. But United Methodist pastors in Minnesota are required to do this every seven years. To put down in writing what we really want for the next part of our lives. But actually, it wouldn't hurt for all of us to reflect on that from time to time. What do you really want for the next part of your life? What matters to you? What are you going to seek after? Or to put it in biblical language, where is your treasure? Jesus says in, in Matthew 6, He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where is your treasure? What is your heart's desire? What do you really want? Now, I don't know yet what I'm going to write in my paper. But I do know that I want something a a whole lot more than a Yeti or an anaconda. I want God. I want God with me. I want God within me. I want to know that what I'm doing is what God has created me for. And that everything that I say and do is pleasing to God. I want to lay up treasure in heaven. And I hope you want that too. I hope that beyond the things that our neighbors have, that that that's what you really want. That you want God. And you want to be a servant of God, doing what you're called to do. David cries out to God in, in Psalm 63, verse 1, O God, You are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Or as the contemporary English version puts it, you are my God. I worship you. In my heart, I long for you as I would long for a stream in a scorching desert. David desires nothing less 
than God in his life. And 3,000 years later, another songwriter expressed the desire of his heart in this way. <clears throat> he wrote it in a song. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, and I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Some of you know it. You've been singing it with me. That song is by Rich Mullins, Sometimes by Step. Now, Rich died at age 41 when he was thrown from his Jeep and run over by a semi. When he died, he was a megastar in the contemporary Christian music scene. His song, Awesome God, was an anthem for a lot of young Christians in the 90s. And he made a fortune with his concerts and his CD sales. If his heart's desire was a life of fame and riches, he got one. But that wasn't his heart's desire. His desire was to use his gifts to know and serve the Lord. When he died, Rich was a music teacher on a poor Navajo Indian reservation in New Mexico. And he lived off a meager salary he never even saw most of the money from his music. He set up a committee to handle his finances, and he asked the accountant to not even tell him how much money he actually made from all those concerts and things. He, was in, he instructed them just to pay him a small salary and then to give the rest away. Rich Mullins' heart desire was to seek God and to praise the Lord. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, and I will seek you in the morning and learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Rich Mullins might not have lived a long life, but he lived a life of purpose and love and meaning and faith. And if that's what you really want, if you want one of those, then you can have it. The prophet Jeremiah writes in chapter 29, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. How many of you have heard that passage before, remember that? It's very familiar. We usually stop after that verse, but here's what it says. God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When you seek me with all of your heart. What is the desire of your heart? What is it that you're seeking after? When your desire of your heart is the Lord. And when you seek after the life that God has called you to, then you can have what you really want. So what is it that you want? Where is your treasure? And what is God's plan for the next step in your life? Are you seeking to know it? 
Because there is a next step in your life. It doesn't matter what age you are. There is a next step in your life. Whether you're a young kid like Boris, whether you're a middle-aged man like Rich Mullins was, or whether you're in the retirement season of your life. That's why as pastors have to do Shemitah every seven years. Because God's plans for us are not necessarily the same in every season of life. And it's helpful now and again to consider what is God's plan for the next step in your life. My grandpa McDonough was a turkey farmer. He was a good farmer. But he had a lifetime of lung issues. Turns out he was allergic to turkeys. <laughs> so after many, many years, he had to quit. And he became a county 4-H agent. And working with kids was an even better use of his gifts. But that position ended too. So he retired. And in his retirement, he decided to take a community ed class on creative writing. And for the first time since he was in high school, he started writing poetry. The local paper started publishing his poems, and the radio station started reading them on the air. He wrote humorous poems, and he wrote just simple poems about the ordinary stuff in life, about family, about the outdoors. But the ones that connected most with people were his simple expressions of faith. He called them poems of faith and comfort. And folks asked for copies of his poems, and so he collected them together in a little book, and he styled himself the old country poet. For most of his retirement, he was in declining health. His lungs were shot from a lifetime of working with animals that he was allergic to, but he was amazed at how God used that last part of his life to do something completely unexpected, to share his faith through poetry. He wrote on the back cover of his book, Three years ago, I wouldn't have dreamed that we'd be putting together a book of poems. But after reading and hearing some of my poems, many people have told us that it was a God-given gift and that we should share them with others. They encouraged me to keep writing them down and make them available in book form. I suppose uh, if he were writing today, he'd be posting them on social media. But this was the media that he used. One of the poems that he wrote was set to music by someone else, and the song was sung at his funeral. It's called Heaven, and it goes like this. I know there is a heaven more glorious by far than any sparkling mountain stream or any evening star. I know there is a heaven to welcome me someday. It seems so very close to me when I kneel down to pray. I know there is a heaven. God promised through his son that he would open wide the gates when work on earth is done. I know there is a heaven. Christ died to show the way. He lifted sinners by the hand. He'll lead me there someday. I know there is a heaven, a wondrous place above, where I, a sinner, may abide, redeemed by God's own love. Now, it's not Ritz Mullins reaching millions. It's just a simple retired farmer sharing from his heart his faith in Jesus. That's all he wanted to do. 
What do you want to do with the next season of your life? What is your heart's desire? What are you, where are you laying up your treasures? It's worth thinking about, even if you don't have to go through Shemitah and write a paper about it. Rich Mullins once said, the only way we can possibly do anything meaningful to God is to be who he made us to be. So who has God made you to be? And if you're doing that, it doesn't matter what someone else has. You can finally get what you've always wanted. Psalm 37 says, Do not fret, be do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. Or I would add those who are doing well, either. Or those with an anaconda or a yeti. Do not fret or be envious of others. Instead, instead, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This week I'll be praying about what to write in my Shemitah paper. What do I really want? And I would appreciate your prayers for me as I discern this. Discern what God has made me to be and do for this next season of my life. But I'd also invite you to pray. Pray for yourself during this week. Seriously, set apart some time to seek God and to figure out what God's plans are for your life and what you really want out of life. And if your answer is you want to win next week's lottery or you want an anaconda or a yeti like Boris, well, just remember the end of the story. In the end, Boris, though he got everything that, that he wanted, did not, in fact, actually get what he wanted, no matter what his mom said. In the end, he was eaten alive. And jealousy will do that to you. It'll eat you alive. So instead, seek God and lay up treasures in heaven. Amos 5, 4 says, This is what the Lord says to Israel, Seek me and live. Seek me and live. Don't let jealousy eat you alive. Seek God and live. May that be the desire of your heart. And may God grant you the desires of your heart. Pray about that this week. In fact, let's do it right now. Let's pray. Oh God, you are our God, and we will ever praise you. And we will seek you and follow your way. Lord, may we desire nothing less than you. Lord, may our hearts not settle on treasures that are destroyed or that are left behind when we die. May our hearts be set on you. Show us your plans for us for this next step in our lives and grant us the desire of our hearts. We ask this all in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.